Welcome to Alaska Outdoors Magazine with host Evan Swenson. You're invited to come along with us as we bring you accurate and authentic answers for Alaskans by Alaskans. It's your KBYR window to Alaska's outdoors. If it's in the outdoors and in Alaska, it's right here on Alaska Outdoor Magazine. Now here's Evan Swenson, your host for Alaska Outdoor Magazine. Welcome to Alaska Outdoor Magazine, your KBYR window to Alaska Outdoor. This is your show, and it's your time to talk. This is a live show originating in Anchorage. I'm Evan Swenson, and today we're talking with Larry Canute, author of Some Bears Kill. If you have an interest in Alaska's outdoors, and you'll, you'll want to be here until the top of the hour. Now let's talk. Let's talk with Larry Canute. Larry, your new book, Some Bears Kill, uh, if I was out there in the woods, I would say uh, all bears have the potential to kill. All bears do kill. <laughs> all bears do kill. <laughs> That's but, how they eat. <laughs> but not people. But not always people. Well, how do you avoid... Uh, that's the question. How do you avoid uh, becoming uh, one of your bear tails, Larry? Well, there are two ways to do that. One is to stay home. Uh -huh. And the second one is to take someone with you that you can outrun. <laughs> uh, and uh, in which way do you recommend? <laughs> well, I used to tell people I took my wife, and they thought I was serious. <laughs> but uh, she's not listening today. Probably not. Oh, hopefully not. But you know, the chances of being hurt by a bear—I mean, if you're in a, if you're close to a bear, you, the chances are real good. But if you're using common sense and uh, you know a little bit about bear nature, and you're out in his habitat. Um, you shouldn't have a problem. Now, now, see, you know a little bit about nature. What's the little bit I need to know? Well, you need to know, for instance, uh, why they why they attack. Because um, they're hungry. Well, <laughs> normally it's to protect something. Oh, really? It's either, you know, mama bear's t taking care of junior, or if it's a boar and a sow the, during the mating season, uh, or if they're protecting a kill or their territory. But... You know, there have been so many things, books and words written about bear attacks and maulings, and the bottom line is it comes down to a, it's either a defensive or an offensive attack. Hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> it's either, you know, yeah. they're either, a, it's a predatory uh -huh. attack to, uh -huh. to kill and eat, or it's to defend something, a, a, a mate, a cub, a territory, a space, you know, bear space, and, and, um, if you know enough about bears, which you don't have to be a rocket scientist, but you just need to know a few basic facts and then respect the animal. Well, Larry, you've uh, interviewed, I guess, hundreds of people that's had bear attacks? I don't Is that know. I, a hundred? I'd say hundreds. I don't uh -huh. know how, what the number yeah, yeah. is. But. but you've had three books, Bear Tales, More Bear Tales, and now Some Bears Kill. Right. The next bear bear book all bears killers you know what <laughs> but well, anyway you've interviewed a lot of uh, folks out there but then you sit here and say the chances of a bear attacked and you're pretty slim well they're not pretty slim for those that attacked and that was a lot of people but you have to remember that uh, we don't we haven't documented every bear mauling in alaska which i i there's no way you could do that but of the known uh, attacks, the recorded attacks, which are probably between two and three hundred over the last hundred years, that's maybe three people a year who are mauled. Uh-huh. Well, if you compare that to snow machine accidents, we lose ten or twenty people every year on snow machines. 
So the comparison, you know, the bear, your confrontation with the bear and having a real problem is minuscule compared to just walking down the street. Larry, I can, I can tell you that when I go camping, I am not afraid of a snow machine coming and eating me. <laughs> if, I, if I hear a sound in the night, I am not going to wake up and say, uh-oh, here comes a snow machine to get me. It's the bear that I'm worried about. People do not have bad dreams about the snow machines coming and getting I hear what you're saying, but nevertheless, I think that any time any of us go outdoors, there is a concern about the wildlife uh, harming us. Now, mm -hmm. you know, you can always be stomped by a moose or, or some other, you know, be in the wrong place at the right time. But nevertheless, a bear seems to have that uh, a fear that puts, you know, puts that fear into us that they're out there, they're hunting me, <laughs> you know. You hear the stories about guys that are hunting and and all of a sudden they get this feeling to walk to the other end of the clearing and they just get down there and turn around and right where they were s sitting previously for a couple hours, here comes a big old grizzly out looking for them. And, mm -hmm. you know, you hear about walking along and you'd make a circle and, the s and all of a sudden you realize you're walking in your footsteps that a bear was also walking in your footsteps. So that means the, the guy's following you. you, know, I mean, you, you hear about these things. Now, when you was interviewing people, did they have those kind of experiences before the attack, before the mauling, or did they have warning, or was it just so sudden that they were just there? Well, some people, some people were stalked by bears, but that's not normal nature for a bear to stalk a man. You know, normally a, a bear is going to leave man alone. Um, if you have an animal that's hungry, or if it's protecting its kill, and you're in its territory, it, it may, you know, the chances are very minimal that it will stalk you. You know, in, in the case where you get too close to a kill, a moose kill or something, and there's a grizzly there protecting it, yeah, he might come roaring out of the brush and he won't be doing any stalking. You know, for the most part, it's gonna be a frontal attack. Uh -huh. But um, the, and when it comes right down to it, we both know that there haven't been that many people hurt by bears um, compared to the numbers of people in the woods and uh, the numbers of confrontations over the last eons of years, you know. Well, it, it's like the doctor says, you know, you got a 50%, 60%, 70% chance of, of recovery with this operation. Well, no, you don't. You have a 100% or a 0%. You either make it or you don't. <laughs> so, uh, so when they when they give you bear tail statistics like you are, it, when you're out there, you either come back without an incident, not mauled, or you come back and the bears got after you. Now, uh, I can honestly say that I have never really been threatened by a bear. I've been in the presence of bears. I've fished with the bears. I've known that there's bears around. Uh, in fact, you and I went to Kodiak and, and uh, stood on this mountain and watched the little hill and watched these bears all around us and and uh, the guide had a big shotgun there, but Larry, you and I both know that if two or three or even one of those bears had come, why we'd have, we'd have had it, you know. That, we'd, uh, we'd have taken that shotgun away from him and used it on ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> to, get, to get us out of the misery, is that what you're saying? So, so anyway, you know, I, th I think we always do have a, a fear of bears, and it's minimi minimized as we go out and have more experience uh, in the outdoors and, and that. But So what are those things that we should be doing. Let's say, for an example, Larry, you're going down the trail, and all of a sudden, here's a bear. All I know about it is lay down and play dead. Well, first of all, 
you know, if you're hunting, you're going to be quiet. Unless maybe you're calling in a bull moose or something. Sure. But So uh, if, if you're hiking, for instance, up here behind town, you know, flat top, whatever, uh, you want to let the bear know that you're there with either singing, whistling, maybe bear bells, and that's somewhat debatable too. But um, to let the animal know that you're there, if I'm coming down the trail and I run into a, a bear, if it's just a happenstance occurrence, what I'm going to do is back up, uh, maybe depending on how close I am, if I'm within 50 yards, maybe talk to bear a little, hi bear, how you doing? Uh, I'll get out of your way now, back up the trail and communicate that you're a person. If the bear continues or turns and comes up the trail towards you walking, perhaps probably it's just curious, mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure out whether you're a whatever. So you, you might want to, you know, slowly raise your arms or if you have a jacket, spread the jacket out so the bear can see your size and try to make yourself bigger than the bear. Um, it, 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 you know, are you armed? Um, yeah. You know, I'm laughing, Larry. <laughs> I could just see, this, see me walking out on the trail. Here comes this bear walking up, and I'm going to stand there and try to make myself big. I'm trying to make myself invisible, not big. <laughs> well, you don't want to run, that's for sure. You don't want to turn your back on it. Uh-huh. You want to face it. Um, they had a thing on uh, TV the other night. I just caught part of it, but it was about dogs. I saw that. And uh, I, th- I thought the lady from Tacoma or somewhere in Washington gave some really good advice on controlling the situation. If a, if a dog runs up, runs at you, barks, and so on, you don't turn and flee because that will probably trigger its you know, predatory instincts. Mm-hmm. But you just speak to it in a commanding voice and let it know you're a person and, hey, dog, get on home where you belong. And I think most cases where you run into a bear, that's probably what will happen. Um, obviously, if the bear keeps coming, uh, you want to hope you have some friends or a, a weapon or a tree close by that you can get up and that it's not a, a bear that can climb. Well, if the mall does take place, Larry, is it a good idea to lay down and play dead? The information I've been told, given, shared, and so on over the years is if it's a brown bear or grizzly, playing dead in a, is a kind of a last resort. If, mm-hmm, if, sure. if it comes and it knocks your rifle out of your hand or your, your, your bear bells or whatever, uh, if, you, if you drop to the ground in a fetal position and protect your neck with your hands clasped and so on, and try, I don't know how you do that, but try to be quiet and don't make a sound or a movement, that's the advice for a grizzly or brown bear because in most cases if it's a, a sow with a cub all she wants to do is reduce the threat uh-huh. and once the threat is eliminated she's going to leave um if if it's a black bear however um most experts tell you to fight it oh really yes be a threat right uh-huh. uh, because for the most part unless if it has cubs that might work. She might be protecting her cubs, but most black bears are going to uh, be predatory attacks. A black bear is more aggressive than a, than a brown or a grizzly bear. Well, I, I don't know if they're more aggressive, but the problem I see with black bears is you get these black bears that are park bears. Uh-huh. They're habituated to people like the Liard Hot Springs, uh-huh. um, and they have a kind of an arrogant attitude or a belligerent attitude where, hey, this is my park and I'm doing my thing where I think a grizzly is more shy or, you know, a little more, I don't want to say fearful, but maybe smarter, and they will avoid human contact uh, for the most part. 
I know that you have the bears and, and uh, Katmai and so on, but um, if it's a black bear, your chances of survival are probably a lot greater if you fight it. Mm-hmm. Larry, in your book, uh, your new book, the uh, it's a title again, Some Bears Kill? Yes. Uh, that's different than different stories than in your pr- two previous books. Yes. Yeah. W- uh, do you have a story there that's one that that kind of chilled you a little bit uh, more well, so than others? There are a few, and before I answer that, I should say that <laughs> Bear Book Four hopefully won't be coming from me. Um, you know, when I did the first book, I had no intention of ever doing another book. So uh-huh. you mentioned earlier, you know, is the next one going to be such and such and so on. And the theme of this book is that that peop- bears aren't bad, but people are uneducated. So anyway, one of the... Larry, sto- uh, keep that thought, if you would. Uh, uh, Tom's on the line. Uh, Tom, this is Evan Swenson, Alaska Outdoor Magazine. We're talking today with Larry Canute. Uh, go ahead, Tom. Hello? Hello, Tom. There you are. Okay. Uh, my question is... Did you hear me before? Yes, I did. You could, I couldn't hear you. Thank you. Uh, question I have is, uh, what type of ammunition do you recommend for a uh, 12-gauge pump shotgun for okay. bear protection? About a 50 caliber machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've been told uh, two different things, and, and I think a lot of it depends on who you hear it from, but um, either the Bernicke slug or the uh, Magnum uh, double lot buck. And I've also uh, talked to people that have staggered those um, and taken the plug out of the shotgun if it's an automatic or pump or whatever. And so they've got either the, the, the slug first, if they have five shots, the slug, and then uh, pellet, slug, pellet, slug, or the last two or three might be pellets. Okay, I've heard all kinds of uh, uh, varieties and, and the reasons for them, and I was just kind of curious as to what your uh, 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 selection is. Well, I saw two brown bears last, uh, I think it was in July, down by Soldatna, and I told my son, we saw them cross the sow and a boar across the swamp, and I said, I think my days in the woods are over unless I can get a hold of a bazooka. <laughs> yeah. Now, have you, uh, Tom, have you been threatened by a bear at all? Uh, a couple of years ago, I uh, had a small uh, uh, grizzly. Uh, oh, it was, uh, I think, a, a probably about a three-year-old that was uh, chased away from its mommy. And I was sitting up in Denali uh, area spotting for caribou, and, and the bear smelled me and, and came over to basically eat me. But there's a little swamp area in the way, and and a uh, little swamp lake and that stopped him uh and then i caught him out of the side of my eye and uh, the other thing i i found uh, uh on this incident is that uh, you never shoot in the tundra in front of a bear it does absolutely nothing it just goes poof and uh, it's not like spraying rocks or gravel n- around huh? not not at all yeah. uh, the bear uh, was about oh 70 feet away and i fired in front of him and he walked about another 25 feet and stopped and uh, just uh, basically ignored the uh, the bullet in front of him and uh, then turned and uh, just started feeding on berries right in front of me. <laughs> did, did you feel rejected, uh, Tom, that uh, the berries were better than you? Uh, well, they probably smelled better. <laughs> 
Hey, uh, Tom, appreciate the call today. You're welcome, Mike. Th thank you a lot. Uh, John, this is Evan Swenson, Alaska Outdoor Magazine. Today, my guest is Larry Knut. Hello. Hello, John. This is Evan Swenson. Hi, Evan. I, I'm Hello. really glad that you uh, have this guest here because uh, every time I hear a Paul, Paul Harvey commercial about this woman was jogging in a federal park and she sprayed a bear with pepper spray uh, and she lived, you know. I wrote Paul Harvey a letter on that. Oh, boy, I called him, too, but I couldn't get a hold of him. Yeah, I said, you're you're peddling some bad information there. I, I kind of objected to the federal park in being Alaska, but I, I'm going to Kodiak tomorrow. I used to live there, and I have run across quite a few bears. And the load that we carry that was recommended to me by the old timers is two slugs up front. I have a Browning Auto 5. Two slugs up front and then double off back because you're going to miss the first shot. Hope to break him with the second and blow his throat off with the last three. <laughs> I, I think what the, the most important thing is, is regardless of what you have in there, the noise. <laughs> well, the, the, after your hands start shaking the first time, you don't have much distance, you know? Sure. I mean, you're not going to take out a bear. You know, it's not like you do a 200-yard shot for a deer. I think... Uh, uh, we were four-wheeling one time. We, we ran right in between a sow and a cub into a cache before we could get the four wheels in reverse. Nothing happened, okay? Because we were dead, you know? We had 44s underneath our arms and shotguns in the back. And the best thing with the bears, I agree with you about the brown bears, and they won't hunt you. A black bear is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, this pepper spray uh, theory, it's like, it kills me, you know? If you paid attention to the news this year, uh, I actually know the people that were climbing the tree over there in Kodiak. Uh, their dog saved them. There was a woman that climbed the tree, and uh, the dog distracted long enough to get up there. And brown bears, as you know, they don't climb that well. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, John, are you at work today, or are you sitting comfortable at home? Oh, I just made a contract. i got to go over and finish in Kodiak uh, starting Sunday. I'm home. Uh, have you got a minute? We need to take a break, but I'd like to talk to you about the pepper spray a little bit more. Yeah, that's great. It's going to be a, a kind of a long break. Uh, we're going to talk to Vicki Solberg down at the National Pantry for just a moment. Well, that's fine. I'll just grab a cup of coffee while you... Okay, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'd we'll like to right know back. some information from a real bear man, too, you know. Okay, we'd like to we'd like to have you stay with us. Okay. We'll be right back and talk more with Larry Knute, author of Some Bears Kill. Stay tuned to Alaska Outdoor Magazine, accurate and authentic answers for Alaskans by Alaskans. There's an author masterminds book by Rich Ritter, the new voice of the American West. The perilous journey begins. A Scottish lass protects her younger sister from a savage beast. An Iowa farm boy discovers a dark secret on the gory battlegrounds of Shiloh. A colonel retreats in shame. A U.S. cavalry scout fights for his life. A Russian fur trapper sails from Sitka, Alaska. An enigmatic law student calmly departs Budapest after the brutal murder of a corrupt policeman. In Salt Lake City, a young woman, a few months shy of 15, gallops away from her wedding reception to escape an arranged marriage. But this is only a prelude to the magnificent epic awaiting you. You'll find all of Rich's Nor Things to Come, a trilogy of the American West, with the publication consultant's logo on the cover, at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and everywhere good books are sold. If you'd like to be an author mastermind's published author like Rich Ritter, the new voice of the American West, publication consultants can help. If you've written a book, if you're writing a book, or if you're thinking about writing a book, call for the free booklet, Bringing Your Book to Market. Call 349-2424. The Perilous Journey Begins was just a dream until Rich Ritter ordered his own Bringing Your Book to Market. 
publication consultants will send you the booklet free. Call 349-2424 for the free booklet, Bringing Your Book to Market. 349-2424. Rich Ritter called, and now The Perilous Journey Begins is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and everywhere good books are sold. Uh, John, thanks for staying with us uh, during the break. We appreciate that. Larry, I remember when I was in Kodiak, uh, I think pepper spray came out around 88, 89. And they tested it, the fish and game tested it, and it didn't work. Yet they're still selling it, you know. There's well, only one cure for a bear, and that's a, if you have to do it, you need a shotgun, close quarters. Well, there was, there's a guy in, in Bozeman, Montana, named Mark Matheny, and uh, he gave up his, his job as a contractor to go into selling marketing uh, pepper spray full-time because it saved his life. But he, uh, he has quite a theory, and, and I wanted his story in, in this book, but uh, we never were able to get it completed. <clears throat> but uh, he, he, uh, he mentioned the fact that uh, there are only two or three pepper sprays that work, and those are the ones that aren't water-based. As long as you're downwind. Right. And my feeling is... Um, um, I suppose if I had to run in with a bear like uh, Tom who called earlier where the bear was kind of sniffing around, it might be fine. But if I run into old Bruin uh, who just got beat up by an, a lesser, uh, you know, younger bear over Susie in June or May. Well, I have to be between the sow and the cub. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd want to be relying on some uh, cayenne pepper. Because no, you only have about, what, 1.9 seconds to get something done? Yeah, it's it's within, you know, one to three or four seconds, and that's about it. Yeah, now, like I said, you always miss the first shot. Well, I would miss all five. <laughs> oh, uh, and I would have, I would definitely need a change of underwear when it was over. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let me ask you a question. I've been keeping a, a paper survey since 85. Uh -huh. It seems that brown bears always bite people around the head and the shoulders. This yeah. is the consensus that I've gathered, the information I have in my guest room so people can read about bears. But the fish and game says you're supposed to lay dead and be quiet. I don't think I could do that with somebody biting me in my head and my shoulders. Well, I don't know how you could be quiet. Some people have, but I give them a lot of credit because uh, I I don't even want to think about having a little imitation dog bite me, let alone a real bear. Yeah, you know, it's. A, I just think that maybe uh, we should tell our officials that that doesn't work either. I mean, I'm not going to lay down and have somebody bite me and drag me around, throw me around by my head and shoulders. John, have you read uh, Sarkis Atamian's book, The Bears of Manly? Uh, yes, I have. Now, in there, if you'll recall, Sarkis talks, talks about uh, people who have been attacked by bears and other animals, lions in Africa, and uh, there's a certain chemical that the brain gives off when the attack occurs, and uh, pain ceases. There is no pain. Well, that's the same thing as if you relax. You don't need any medication at all because you have a natural chemical in your body. But you can't relax when you're worried about someone tearing you apart. Well, I don't want to. I do not do not want to prove Sarkis right or wrong. Yeah, but Evan, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, you know, I've been in Kodiak where I've, I've made the wrong turn on a four-wheeler. I've seen a bear print the size of and shoes of mine. I've never seen the bears, you know. They're very hard to find. Yes. And when you run into them, it's always an uncomfortable, immediate situation. May I ask a question? And, and you uh, think about this too, Larry. Uh, John, when you were out there and you saw these bear tracks, mm -hmm. did, the, did the... And you knew that there was a bear present. Yeah, Salt Creek Cove, Kodiak, there's lots of bears out yeah, there. Yeah, you knew that there was a bear in the, in the area. Mm -hmm. Did the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up like they talk about? Well, I'll tell you the truth, uh, not in those cases, but 
if you go to pick berries right off the road system sometimes, you get this feeling in this, it looks like a little grass, you know, a field of grass. Uh -huh. When you get there, it's six feet tall. You get this terrible feeling, and they always say, trust it. Turn around and go home. You mean there is a, a presence that you feel? That I think so. I, I've felt it. Uh, I've never tested it, but I, as soon as I get that feeling, I say, well, let's go get a hamburger somewhere, you know. <laughs> Larry? comment on that yeah i um i had a i had an experience on uh, dry spruce island in 94 november and uh it just so happened that uh, i was answering the call of mother nature and uh about a 10-foot boar came kind of loping out of the woods and uh maybe 70 80 yards away and and uh of course my immediate thought was no sound uh, no no make no movement uh mama bear cubs uh uh, and this all happened in a split second, you know, and I had a 270 leaning up against the tree and I thought, well, maybe I can get that in my mouth before he gets here. But um, I don't recall any hair on the back of my neck, but I know I was scared silly because it took me. He woofed and kind of said, yo, dummy, get out of the woods and, you know, get your pants up and, and leave me alone. And it took me about five minutes to get my pants buttoned after he left because my hands were shaking so bad. Yeah, it's an instinct. It's, you know, it's like I, I was fishing out by Chiniac. I thought it was a cow. I'm fishing all day. I didn't catch a thing, right? Thank God. Because you know what stood up? It was a bear right on the road where you wouldn't expect it. Yeah. You know, people pay thousands of dollars to go to Kodiak to uh, kill bears. The biggest bears they ever kill are right by the golf course. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yep. Uh, you know. John, we appreciate the call. Thanks right, for being thanks, with us, uh, and especially thanks for staying with us during the break. And Larry, thanks for telling Paul Harvey that pepper spray is not the way out. Yeah, feel free to call me sometime. Maybe we can get together. I'm in the book. Okay. This is a, this is Alaska Outdoor Magazine. Uh, your uh, guest today is Larry Canute, author of These Bears Kill. Is that right, Larry? Some Bears Kill. Some Bears Kill. Some Bears Kill. Uh, Craig, we're, uh, you're on the air talking to Larry Canute. Go ahead. Hey, Larry, what do you think about bears and dogs? I think bears like dogs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I had a... Uh, a man, I mean, a go-getter, skookum dog, I, I would take him in the woods. But if I had one of those imitation dogs, uh, you know, there have been a lot of cases where the dog has brought the bear back to the people. But there have been a few where a man has been uh, rescued by, by the dog. So it really depends on the kind of dog you have. Yeah, one of my retrievers pushed one off a, off a uh, moose kill the other day when we were duck hunting, which surprised me. Well, the thing to do there is to make sure you got your retriever has big jaws so he can retrieve that bear when you shoot it. <laughs> no, he wasn't going very far, but uh, between the two of us, the bear went the other way, which was an interesting uh, interesting encounter. He did not want to be retrieved, is what you're saying? Uh, he didn't want to be retrieved. Yeah. You know, on the other side, I've known a lot of people that have told that story about the bear bringing the, the dog bringing the bear back, but I don't know if anybody's had the uh, dog bring the bear back and get hurt. Yeah. There's been uh, cases yeah. that I know about where the, the the dog has brought moose back that has been a pleasant unpleasant experience for people. In fact, there was a letter to the editor in the in the, the Anchorage Daily uh, News this week about that. We're going to talk about it on Monday. Yeah, it's because the moose changes its focus, but the bear seems to get really... I mean, my experience in talking to people who've had that happen is that the bear gets really focused on the dog. Uh -huh. The bear being smarter than a moose, which just sees something taller and decides it'll change its path of attack. Larry, do you know of any that? I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, I'd have to go through, you know, my research. Um, 
but I know that there have been a few people whose lives were either either saved saved or they were or, you know avoided injury because they had a dog with them. Um, I know that there have been a lot of cases where the dog brought the bear in, and I can't think off the top of my head where the people were actually mauled, but... Yeah, I can't. I mean, in my files, I can't think of anybody that was mauled. I'm curious, do you have, any, uh, do you have anything in your notes on, on people who've encountered breeding bears? You mean while they were mating? Yeah. Um, not that I can think of where they were mauled. Um... I, 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 there again, I'd have to double check. Hey, that's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that would be the worst bear to run. Oh, let me take that back. Um, Ron Cole, Lake Creek, 1975, my first book. Um, supposedly, he was, uh, uh, he was, he was mauled by a sow and a boar that were mating. The story I got from the state troopers, um, was that he was act, and I don't, I can't say this for fact, but, he wasn't actually uh, walking down the trail. He was involved in another activity. Um, but um, supposedly that, that was the sow and boar that were mating when he uh, ran into them. But that's the only one that pops into my mind. Yeah, I'd put that as far more dangerous than a sow with cubs. Right. Yeah. Greg, thank you for calling. We appreciate that. Thanks for listening. This is Evan Swenson, Alaska Outdoor Magazine. Today my guest is... Larry Canute, we're talking about bears. Robert, you're on the air. Go ahead. Afternoon, gentlemen. Listen, I'm curious about the different uh, potential benefits of different, you know, rounds. Like, I, I remember a study, seems like it was about 15, 20 years ago, that uh, a 300 Winchester or a 338 or 375 was far preferable to a 12-gauge. Uh, do you have any evidence or have you heard anything to corroborate that or is a 12-gauge uh, considered to be the best? Well, I, I can't... Um quote from my first book, but I know I talked with a lot of people, and the two things that stand out in my mind are, one is a 375 pulverizes any joint it even gets close to, and two is that um, some people swear by the shotgun and some don't. So I, I think a lot of it's personal preference, but after, the, after I saw the two big brownies uh, this summer, I thought, geez, you know, I'm, if you don't get a head shot, a brain shot, a spine shot, the only hope is to, to, you know, break a leg and uh, hope that thing can't get at you. But uh, I really seriously started questioning my ought six. And so, you know, it depends on who you talk to, but most people say the 375, uh, maybe with the short barrel if you're in the woods. Um, I know that in this book, uh, there's a, an archer in town who killed a uh, brown bear a, a few years ago, uh, two years ago, I believe at, uh, I think it was eight feet with a 44 mag. And she was charging him. He was bow hunting, and uh, he, he poked the 44 out. He thought about shooting with his bow, and, I mean, this guy, this guy's a bona fide outdoorsman. Uh, I'd, have, I'd have been wishing I had my rocket uh, pack where I could push a button and leave. But. <laughs> I think if, if we had a guide, any guides that would call in today about that, I think that their response would be pretty much what they tell the clients that my experience has been, and that is is that the gun to have with you is the one that you can shoot the most accurate all the time, regardless of caliber. That makes sense. Thanks, guys. Because like if, uh, with the, what Larry's talking about, you know, if uh, he's going to miss all five shots, what difference does it make? Uh, <laughs> which, uh, which caliber you got? 
Mike, this is Evan Swenson. Uh, we're talking today with Larry Canute on Alaska Outdoor Magazine. Go ahead. Well, I always carry, uh, when I'm out in the woods with my wife, I always carry a 22 pistol as a bare gun. Now, now, now <laughs> we know where this is going, Mike, yeah, and that's foot, not right? true. <laughs> Go ahead and finish. <laughs> yeah, if a bear shows up, I shoot my wife in the leg and run like hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you call in just to tell us that, Mike? No, I had a bear encounter in May of 1990. Uh, we had a, I lived out in Wasilla at the time, and we had a little brown or little black bear that was uh, feeding on a, a moose that had died the previous winter. And uh, I went after him to try to chase him away with uh, myself and my two big Labrador retrievers, who were both about 100 pounds. And he got up and charged us, and uh, I happened to have a semi-automatic uh, assault-type rifle in 308 caliber that was loaded with 20 rounds of ammo that, you know, I just happened, that was the first one I grabbed out of the gun safe when I saw the bear. And you missed and, him 20 uh, times? No, I shot him once in the head with the first shot and then oh. twice in the chest and that, you know, that put him down and finished him. But the best part of it was I had 17 rounds left in case any of his buddies showed up, you know. Uh-huh. But uh, that was, uh, that was, was that real. That was a scary experience, I'm, I would uh, submit to you. Well, it happened so fast that I didn't get scared until after it was over with. You didn't have time? No. You know, it was just automatic. The the gun, you know, as soon as he got up and started coming at me, the gun went to shoulder, sights went on his head, and I fired, uh, you know, bang, 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 three times real quick. And uh, he was down and out. And, uh, you know, then I got the shakes. Mike, uh, I made a statement a moment ago, and I don't know whether you heard it or not. It was just when you was coming on. And confirm this, or uh, true or false, that uh, the guides usually tell you that... Uh, to take the gun in the woods that you the caliber that you can shoot the most accurate most of the time now had you practiced with that uh, assault rifle had you shot it before were you oh yeah com comfortable yeah i was uh, i was proficient with it and that is important you know you can argue about what caliber and what round is more most effective all day long shot placement is the key right yep and you know i remember in alaska magazine I think it might have been the same study that the gentleman uh, a few minutes ago was uh, referring to, where a fish and game biologist took some fresh, you know, green bear skulls from uh, life and property kills and practiced on them with uh, a variety of shotgun loads as well as uh, rifle loads and that kind of stuff. And what they found was that buckshot did not do a very good job of penetrating the skull of, uh, any, you know, any of these green skulls that they were shooting at. And, uh, you know, slugs would. Uh, but, uh, again, the problem with slugs, though, if you're using the old-style uh, round-nose slugs, is they could conceivably bounce off, you know, because they could deflect. Uh, but, you know, the Brennicky has a nice sharp shoulder on it. Uh, you know, there's some of these new Sabot slugs that are out, that, uh, like the Remington Copper Solids and that kind of stuff, which should, in theory, be, you know, pretty effective. Um, I work up at the North Slope, and uh, there have been a few episodes of bears being killed by uh, uh, fish and wildlife or you know, public safety officers up there. And they uh, have all used 12 gauges loaded with slugs, and they've all been one-shot kills as far as I know. In very close quarters. I yeah, but uh, again, then, you know, the bears weren't, they weren't hyped up on adrenaline at the time either. I know that uh, Bob Brown, um, I quoted him in my first book, uh, and he might be the person you're referring to on those bear skulls because he did a fairly exhaustive 
kind of an experimentation thing with with skin skulls. Yeah, that was either in your book that I read that, Larry, or it was in Alaska Magazine. I don't remember which. Mm -hmm. Well, Mike, we appreciate the call today. Thank you very much, and thanks for listening. Larry, we've got uh, one minute uh, before today's one last cast. Any advice, counsel, things you'd like to say in that last 60 seconds? Uh, no, you, you asked me what one of the interesting stories was, and uh, I could name off a few, but we may have to do this at another no, time. Go ahead. But, Your uh, favorite story. You don't uh, have to tell it all. Just There's one, uh, one story in this uh, new book that's uh, pretty... Pretty incredible, which involves a, an old timer from uh, from Anchorage who's kind of been all over the state. But uh, he got into it with a bear, and one of his comments later was that he could feel his guts wiggling in his fingers. And uh, he ended up actually sewing himself up. He had to poke his intestines back inside of himself and sewed himself up with an old sail needle and uh, some uh, nylon thread. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> he was he was a, a real Alaskan. He's a real he's a real man. Yeah. He doesn't eat quiche. He, he does eat quiche. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Larry, thank you. And now before we close the show, there's just time for one last cast. Today's one last cast comes from Mike McDowell, owner of Quijack River Lodge. It is titled "Brown Bear on a Fly." When August rolls around, Mike says he likes to take his guests to the coast and fish for silvers he says we pick up a we pick a good day when the weather is calm and we fly to one of our choice silver holes we're not we're not the only ones who like the places where silvers run bears are also drawn to the silvers silvers run the latest of all species and bears seem to know it's their last chance for an easy meal before hibernation one beautiful august day we slip to the coast and one of our little secret holes it's a place where we have a good view up river and down if a bear is fishing the same stream, we can see it coming for a good distance and can remove ourselves and let the bear have the hole. What usually happens is we fly over and determine that there are no bears there before we land. Then by the time the bear shows up, we've caught all the fish we want and my clients are ready for a flight scene tour. The day of this story was the same as always. We looked the area over, no bears were around. We landed and commenced fishing. The clients were doing well and having a good time and catching fish. They were mostly catch and release, but occasionally one had to be kept because of the way it was hooked. If one is kept, I tie it on a stringer and keep it in the water so the bears can't smell it. If we have a fish on and a bear shows up, I tell the clients to quickly land the fish and release it. I was doing a little fishing along with the clients, but was always looking up and downstream in case a bear came along. All of a sudden, a big brown bear appeared on the other side of the hole. Just as the bear appeared, a big silver hit my line and began a series of jumps towards the bear. I yelled for the clients to head for the plane, and I began backing up as the silver did its traditional aerobatics in front of the bear. The bear saw and heard the silver and scooped it up and headed across the river to have lunch. My fly line was still attached, and the bear was taking the line out very fast. As soon as the bear stopped, I cut my line and joined my clients at the airplane. The bear fooled around with the fish for a few moments and then left, leaving the fishing hole to us. I found the end of my fly line on the bank and tied it on my reel and dragged the salmon back across the river. The bear hadn't eaten any of it. He'd just skinned one side and left it. I surmised that he was full, but the splashing, dashing salmon was too much temptation for him and he couldn't resist taking my fish. We returned to fishing and I was the subject of some friendly one-liners. What's the limit on bears? If I catch a bear, do I have to release it? What size tippet do I use for an 800-pound brown bear? Are you going to count the silver the bear took in your limit, or do you charge that one to the bear's limit? 
I just kept fishing and watching up and down the stream. My gratitude goes today to those who have made this show possible. Larry Canute for being our guest and Philip Cardenas, Alaska's outdoors engineer. And special thanks to you, our loyal listener. Without you, this show would not be possible. Thanks for listening. If it's in the outdoors and it's in Alaska, you'll find it on Alaska Outdoor Magazine. Goodbye and good luck. May God bless you in the land of the midnight sun. And may your days be happy and long in Alaska's outdoors. As always, we'll bring you accurate and authentic answers for Alaskans by Alaskans.